What's up, everybody? This is Fred Ricciani of TSC News. I have right here on the line a very special guest. He is the Hall of Famer, Dan the Beast Severin, UFC Hall of Famer, two-time NWA World Champion, the only triple crown champion in UFC history. And speaking of Hall of Fames, he just inducted his good buddy Don Fry into the UFC Hall of Fame during UFC 200 weekend. And he's got a brand new book out by the name of The Realest Guy in the Room. And he's here to talk about it and much, much more. Mr. Severin, how are you tonight? Well, I tell you what, that was quite the dramatic interest Fred. I love it. Hey, I, I, I do what I can. It's not, it's not every day we have Hall of Fame caliber guests on, on TSC News. You're one of our most favorite guests. We've been going back since, I think, 2009 or 2010. You, I, you probably don't remember this. You're actually one of the first people I ever interviewed for TSC News back when we were the sports courier. So we do appreciate the time, Dan. Wow. I, I didn't know. I'm actually glad you kind of put, put that up. I, I, I appreciate that. No, it's, uh, like I said, you know, I stay busy. I like... I like what I do. I've uh, I lived probably out of a planner a bit since my junior year in high school, primarily for my summer months because I was doing a lot of traveling for wrestling and that. But uh, still to this day, I, I live out of an old-fashioned planner, just with uh, writing in my dates and upcoming events, and uh, and I, I love it. I, I think I can. I think I can hang in there for maybe another decade doing the, the crazy stuff that I continue to do. Absolutely, and I've been seeing lately, you've been doing a lot more pro wrestling than you've been doing. You were still fighting uh, well after your UFC days, doing your thing. You did some wrestling for a while, and then kind of took a break. I saw you doing a lot of appearances here and there, a lot of seminars, a lot of charity work, as you always do. And all of a sudden, I, I, I follow, I believe it was AIW, and, and you're appearing in like some Battle Royal. Then you're booked for another show. What made you decide to get back in the squared circle? You know, I, I don't know. I, I think the bookies were always coming in. The problem was that because of the variety of things that I do, just run down the quiz, uh, list real quick. I, mean, I, I do amateur wrestling instruction. And I do a lot of, uh, I get asked to go at, at certain times of year more than other times, like during the Christmas break, so my dad to kind of make up the monotony of, uh, of a college practice or, or of a high school practice. Uh, a lot of summertime, I get uh, a lot of calls come in to be an instructor for the day or for a couple of days. But, you know, amateur wrestling instruction, folk style, but also amateur wrestling instruction for freestyle at like Roman, which are, are the two international styles that compete at the, you know, national championship, Olympic Games, World Championships, that kind of stuff. But then I also do have my own flavor of submission grappling, whereas catch is catch can. Um, you know, I do professional wrestling ins- instruction. Uh, I do stuff with law enforcement. I do stuff with uh, corrections, air marshals, border patrol, and military, and more recently, uh, working with the, the large, largest private security company in the world. So I do a lot of different types of mechanics, type of uh, instruction, and, and it just, you know, by list, it just never ceases. I, I love, as I said before, I love the variety of what I do, and each day is just like a, a new, uh, a new adventure, I guess. I kind of went off a point there on the actual question itself. So, so reel me back in there, Fred. <laughs> what made you decide to take some pro wrestling bookings again? Because you kind of were a dormant oh. for a while outside of the yeah. square circle. Well, well, okay, well, I guess my, my point of saying all that was that all of these other groups book things a lot further out. 
you know, uh, working with military, working with law enforcement, they're booking me a year in advance. Usually by the time the professional wrestler promoter is contacting me, they're contacting me within that four to six week range out. I'm booked. And that's really what the problem has been. I, I think more recently I've had, I've told that to uh, several different promoters, and they've been booking me a lot further. For example, I've got bookings into February. Right now, for professional wrestling that I would have never had before, this far out. It just don't ask me what, what what it is about that industry, but typically four to six weeks out, that's what they're calling on you. Very cool, very and because cool. I, and because I do work for myself, I always like to know that I have income coming in. And. Uh, I'm looking right here, uh, some details on, on your book that I received for this press release. haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I'm certainly picking it up. The Realest Guy in the Room. How appropriate for a man who was most likely the toughest guy in the room whenever you were in a professional wrestling uh, locker room. Why was this the right time to put out a book? You know, I, I, I have been working, I've been working on a book, I'll, I'll say, for probably close to 20 years or more that I've been writing stuff. The problem is I have too much content. And in realistically, in the last, say, three or so years, I kept thinking, you know, I better stop procrastinating and start to move forward on this project or it will never happen. And, uh, you know, the gentleman, Ian Douglas, who basically, uh, basically helped uh, collaboration, helped organize. Even He's actually the person who came up with the title, the realest guy in uh, the room. I, I shipped them off like half a dozen different titles I thought would be kind of appropriate. But as he's conducted, uh, you know, inter- interviewing that format, you know, I, I would simply just say that, you know, we could go into talking about this or talking about that, then he'd go into like an interviewing type of format. He's like, he, the way that I kept coming back was such direct, blunt and to the point answers. He's like, he goes, that is so refreshing that someone is really this blunt and this honest about industries like professional wrestling, about the mixed martial arts world, or even the no-holds-barred world. Uh, you know, what I do in Miami wrestling, you know, you, you talk about even aspects of raising a family, and, 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 and by all means, what a lot of people today would construe as being politically incorrect. But Fred, I'm okay in my little world of being the way I am. Anymore, I, the world is kind of gone to hell in a handbasket. And I, I look at it that I, I run a training facility. Give you, give you a perfect example. I run a training facility. And when I first opened it up, I was like, you know, Mikasa, Sukasa, treat it like it was your own home. I've been to some of their homes. No. This is an extension of my home. Stupidity is running rampant. I no longer believe in democracy. <laughs> I simply, this is my country, and I am the dictator of it. The doors that allow you to come in and to train also allow you to leave. And I actually have been pretty bold with some of the parents that had come in to where it's like, well, they're Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You have one of three choices here right now. You can drop off and pick up. You can take advantage of this golden hour that I have your child in here taking this class and go and work out for yourself. Or your third option is take your child and you may leave. 
because I don't need, you know, their monthly dues that bad that I'm going to compromise my rules, my standards. You know, for example, with, with, my, with my one youth kids class, it's called Youth MMA, but it doesn't start, stand for mixed martial arts. It stands for modern martial arts. What is it? It's a glorified physical education class. I could do whatever I want in it. It's heavily gymnastic-based, but all kinds of balloon drills, hand-eye coordination, uh, gross motor skills, hula hooping, fun stuff. And I don't just to be just bark orders. I actually do it with them. When they're doing gymnastics, and I'm saying doing four rows, tuck and do this, back rows, cartwheels, yours truly could still pull off cartwheels and four rolls and backward rolls. I mean, I've, I've had so many times, I've had parents say, take this the right way there, Mr. Seven, but you kind of look like a trained gorilla, the way that you can <laughs> roll roll this way, roll that way. And like, how do you do that? I'm thinking, well, all I know is I want to continue to do it for as many years to come. Because as the old cliche goes there, Fred, take, none of us getting out of the game of life alive I just want to stay in the game as long as possible, and I want to have quality of life as I do it. Now, Dan, you mentioned being politically incorrect, and you did hold nothing back when I received nope. this statement from you a couple months ago. You were supposed to fight Ken Shamrock on a, on a show called You Are Fight. And for those who aren't familiar with this, it was a one-off internet pay-per-view that featured Roy Jones fighting a fan, Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio, Chael Sonnen, and Michael Bisbing in a grappling match, and yourself and Ken Shamrock. And then somehow, I guess something happened with Ken. He pulled out. I heard that you were supposed to fight Tank Abbott, but he failed a, a physical, and you, you were not happy about this. Uh, can you describe that wild weekend of yours? Well, unhappy is probably an understatement. And because he... He opened his mouth and garbage fell out. I felt it was my position, like training an animal to grab him, to grab him by the scruff of his neck and to rub his face into the garbage that just spewed out of his mouth. I put him right on, on the spot. The guy bells out nine days before we're supposed to have our match. This match... That, again, I, you, you, I'm going to try to give you some information that you may not know about. Our original date for this match was February 21st, not the March uh, 20th date that it actually took place. February 21st, I was con- I'll say that I was contacted back in November 2015 by the UR Network. And they said that we heard that... Uh, you, you might come back out of retirement for one of these, these guys. And I said, yeah, I, I did say exactly that. And they said, well, we've got Ken Shamrock. Are you interested? I go, do go on. And so basically, you know, they told me the whole premise of what was the show, kind of a very unique show. And, I mean, I, I busted my hump for this company because all I cared about was I wanted this match to happen. I don't care if you want to put Roy Jones out there in a boxing match. I don't care about the Kurt Angle, a professional match. I don't care about the Bisbane submission rapid match. All I care about is I get Ken Shamrock back in the ring one last time. It's marketable. 
we'll never live up to the hype. You know, we, we split matches, but at the same token, Ken Shamrock never deserved to be in a super bowl in the first place. The man has uh, tested uh, dirty on a couple occasions for steroids, and even this last time, now he tested positive for steroids, but also or with uh, opiates on top of that. I, I don't even know if he's still under suspension or how long his suspension will last because it is his second offense with a additional day thrown onto it. But to get back to actual story, he's supposed to do the match. He signs a letter of intent. He takes X amount of dollars as a deposit of good faith for a show that's supposed to take place February 21st. He starts making some different tweets that uh, he's got a big announcement coming up. I'm thinking, well, it's going to probably be announcing his and my match. No, he announces he's doing a match with Boyce Gracie on February 19th. So I'm thinking, huh, Friday, February 19th, he's going to do a match with Boyce, and then he's going to fight me on the 21st. Tough dude. And so I, I, I bring it to the attention to the company. I go, you may want to contact Ken to find out, you know, why this announcement's coming, why he's taking another match. But normally, normally in a contract situation, you are not to take any other match, minimum of 30 days. Usually it's more like 60 or 90 days before something as big as this was supposed to be. So basically, they contact Ken, the company did, and Ken says, no problem, just move just move your show back by one week. Pretty, I think, pretty ballsy to say move back by one week. He'll fight Hoist Gracie one weekend, and then he'll fight me the following. Does Dan Severn have a problem with that? Then the company calls me back. They tell me exactly what it says. I go, does Dan Severn have a problem with this? I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. I go, but you're, you guys, that you are network, you might have a problem with this. If Ken gets any kind of a little boo-boo in his match, minimum of a 30-day suspension. Bare bones minimum. I wouldn't move it back by one week. I'd move it back by one month at least. And lo and behold, his match takes place, and it's... Uh, you know, the ruling comes down that, uh, you know, TKO and, and Ken is hurt, possible in the process. So all I know is nine days out, he bails. And then uh, there was, you know, then now that the CR network, they're, they're searching for another new opponent. I go, oh, you mean you're going to go get a, get a hold of voice for me? You know, I go, no, we're trying to find someone else. I go, I said, no, I said, you guys contact me back in February. I said I was only going to come out for one of three people. Unless you could produce one of those three, I'm not interested. And so basically, they, you know, they, they tried to come up with Tank Abbott, and it was kind of a freak show event that was being put on in the first place. I said, well, Tank Abbott fits the role of a freak show. Why not? I go, but when's the last time he's had a match? Will he pass a physical I go just because of, of just because of my age alone. I actually had to stand before eight athletic commissioners, and I I was being cross-examined to make sure that this wasn't some crisis of uh, you know I need the money, <laughs> I 
you know, whatever have you. So, I mean, I had to, have to do a few more medical tests on top of that because most states don't want you when you're past 38 years of age. And here I am, what, 50, 50, uh, uh, yeah, 57 years of age. You've done quite well. How, how's your body holding up? Sound as a pound. Do, do you have any secret sauce? Do you have a fountain of youth? Any any tips that you could give any well, of us? I tell people that, that one of my homes is out in Fountain, is in uh, Fountain Hills, Arizona. Maybe it is a fountain of youth. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely. Every time, I'm, I'm, every time I'm with Bosch Rutten, he keeps wondering. He goes, dude, he goes, who? Why aren't you aging? <laughs> I go, because I don't want to. So it's the mustache. Well, must be. Man, and and then speaking of a guy with the, with an epic mustache, you inducted Don Fry into the UFC Hall of Fame. Uh, a guy who's a guy who actually I, I interviewed early in my career as well. You and you and Don Fry were actually probably I think two of the first MMA fighters we ever interviewed for this website. Both both were great in, in your own ways. And what's funny is I, I found out through interviewing you guys that you guys were you know good friends and very tight and everything and came up together. And it's just it, it's kind of interesting because you know you're kind of more I don't want to say level headed than Don. But you're kind of like the the yin to to his yang. Uh, what was it? Let's say I'm, I'm I'm older, more mature. Don was one of my. I was coaching at Arizona State, and he was one of my athletes. And he actually lived with one of my younger brothers, so I knew Don on a much more personal basis uh, at a much earlier time. So a lot of times when I'd be visiting my younger brothers, and my dad'd be visiting Don as well, and then. Uh, you know, then you know, after graduation, I did sit down for a little bit, and then, uh, and lo and behold, he he comes back in as as I'm I'm doing my thing in the Open Fighting Championships and and with all the other promotions around the around the country and around the world. You know, he basically seeks me out and uh, he says, "Can I help him get it? You know, get into this industry?" And I knew Don was already he was a hard nosed, uh, well, hard nosed, boneheaded competitor. I mean, but you know, just, he just would not be denied. And I thought, God would do well in this, this kind of stuff. And so basically, I always tell people that I, I, the only credit I will take is I help the man get his foot in the door, but he's the one who kicked it open. And now he joins you in the in the UFC Hall of Fame. What was that like to induct him there in the UC 200? Well, I mean, I, I, tell you, it's, it's, I can look at it as a home week, like a reunion there. I mean, even the fact that I, I you know, seen Mark Coleman out there, I mean, again, from the that wrestling type of a uh, uh, background, um, you know, it's it, it, it interesting to see how time time had changed and how people have kind of mellowed with it as well. And it was, you know, for me to be standing up there and just to be able to get that done, I, mean, I can think of no greater, greater moment for me to, to just to be able to say, you know, just to welcome the newest member of the class of 2016, UFC Hall of Fame, Don, the predator, Fry. That was probably the greatest sensation for me to do that and see him come on out there. He had a big old, well, of course, he had that big old mustache smile on his, on his face, with cowboy hat, all the toe. It made me feel good. I was proud. As you should be. And for you, one of the pioneers of mixed martial arts, to see where the sport has come to, UFC 200 was a huge event. 24 hours later, we hear about the UFC being sold for $4 billion. Dan, when you were becoming the first and only UFC Triple Crown champion in history, 
Did you think that 20 years from now, 21 years from now, whatever it was, that we would see the UFC as big as it is today and perhaps bigger in a few years? Um, I know that well, when I first saw it, I knew the attraction to it all. I mean, the, 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 just the sheer act of violence alone, how people are drawn to violence. I mean, football is very popular because you, you've got huge men punishing, you know, knocking each other down. The boxing people like to watch. So, I mean, to me, it's like, you know, with this uh, cage fighting, the old barred prog first hit. Um, first off, when, 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 when I, I watched very first time I saw it, I was like, wow, you can actually do this type of competition here in the United States. It kind of blew my mind because a buddy of mine had uh, copied an old VHS tape with the uh, first two first two UFC shows on them. And so basically, as an experiment, I'd have a couple of different buddies that would stop by that had to just drop something off to me. But I, I, I basically, I would pop the tape in real quick. And and I, before you know it, you know, they, they, they were only supposed to stop by for just a couple of minutes. An hour and a half later, they're on the edge of the couch, screaming, yelling, contorting their body because they're actually fighting the match with the people that are on the screen fighting the match. And I here I am watching my buddies more than I'm actually watching what's happening on, on the screen. They're thinking, wow, look at this magnetism this product has here right now. So I knew if the product could survive, there was something there, yes. And there is, is there growth still for this? Of course there is. Until you could see some type of a WrestleMania slash Super Bowl on an annual basis, that's when the, the sport will have truly arrived. That's when you have the champions of the UFC versus the champions of, of uh, World Series of Fighting versus the champions of King of the Kings versus the champions of Bellator versus, you know, that's that's when the sport will truly have arrived. Biggest thing is, can we get some of the egos that some of the ownerships have out of the way first? With your age now, you're 57, correct? 58. Oh, 58, wow. You, you certainly don't look 58, but obviously I'm sure you well, know that... Fred, it's not- it's not the real color of my, of my hair. I'm just glad I still have <laughs> hair to color. I could be a blonde or redhead or whatever else. But I don't think the people are ready for a blonde, mustached beast. Yeah, we can make that maybe like a match stipulation or, or, or something. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're, you're pretty damn healthy for your age, man. And you, and you look great. But uh, I'm sure you know when it comes to real fighting, mixed martial arts, the door is closing. You know, the window of opportunity is closing with athletic commissions and, and, all, and all that. So... Do you, oh, well, do you, you are you exactly right? Just, just yeah. what the, the hoops I had to jump to this last time. There's going to be very, very few states that will allow this. So, are you kind of so desperate I, right I, I now? Or are you kind of chopping at the bit and hoping that maybe, just maybe, Ken or, or Hoist or, or somebody else from your your era will, will step up for one last fight? Well, again, I only want one or two people mm-hmm. or both people only because they're flapping their yeah. So to me, it's like, put up or shut up. If you're going to talk, if you're going to talk to talk, walk the walk. Don't sit there and start throwing out things. I, I retired, but I did retire with the clause. I said that if one of these three, but, you know, Mark Coleman's not on that list anymore because, I mean, he's had a couple artificial hip replacements. He's had some health issues. So, I mean, it's, you know, he, he, he's off. But, you know, Ken, 
and poised because they did do this Bellator match. Why, why don't I get to play? Why doesn't Scott Coker bring me in on this deal? I, I tried to get a hold of Scott. Why didn't he bring me in to take out the winner or the loser? Hell, I might even be so kind as I might do a Kmart Blue Light special and give a, a two-for-one special. Well, well, can I make a suggestion? I don't, I don't know if this can happen. I don't know if you could pull your some strings and you know, head up your, your connections here. Uh, but no, you're talking to a person that doesn't pull strings or doesn't pull connections. I, that's why I'm talking to you <laughs> on something that has media here so that I'm hoping that maybe some other people who know how to pull some strings, who have those connections. I mean, I've, I've spoken to some of the most primary type of people, and yet it seems like it has fallen upon deaf ears. Well, well, you know what? Let me. How about how about this? Let, let me not make a suggestion to you then. Let's make a suggestion to maybe some wrestling promoters. You see, if you have to go through all these hoops for MMA, maybe you want to sell things in the wrestling ring. How about Dan the Beast Severin and Don the Predator Fry against Ken Shamrock and Hoist Gracie? I'd like to see that at the Tokyo Dome. Maybe New Japan Pro Wrestling. Well, I would, I would do it, but I, I kind of doubt it. Those two. Any chance of you and Don in a tag team? Well, would I do something like that? Of course, we'd be we'd be Team Mustache. Come on now, <laughs> it would be it'd be, it'd be a hit, especially in Japan. I mean, Don was pretty over there too at one point. You you had you had success in in Japan as well. I mean, it'd be it'd be kind of cool to see at, at least the team well, of, of the I Beast and the Predator. I think that it, it has nostalgic value. I think it would go over well. Don with his stars and stripes trunks and stuff like that. Sure, it would go over great. Hey, you make it even better. Maybe put Yoshihiro Akiya, uh, Takiyama on the other side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that match will ever be re- re- ever, yeah. uh, reviewed ever again. That was a pretty incredible match. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that took some years off their life, that's for sure. I mean, that was, yeah, that was... That was oh, crazy. yeah, they, they both paid a price. They, paid, they, paid, they both paid an ultimate price in that one. Well, Dan... I know, you, I know you got a, got a lot going on, and before we started chatting here on the air, you were just finishing up a, a training session as the true beast you are. Before we let you go, can you let us know where we can get your book, The Reals Guy in the Room, and where we can find you next? Well, I'll tell you what, just if you go to my website at danseverin.com, it has all my social medias there. It's all been, been, been blasted on the Facebook, but you think I'd be able to tell you actually how to do Facebook? No, I just say to always tell people, not exactly the sharpest guy when it comes to a lot of the social media type stuff, but go to my website at danseverin.com and uh, you'll see all the stuff that's there. Uh, ebook wise, it, it came out ebook first, I think, right around that July 4th type of time period. And within probably four or five days, it moved right to uh, the number one bestseller on Amazon.com. I, me personally, I still have not even received the physical book here yet. I think it's supposed to be coming in sometime towards the end of this week. And uh, really, this is probably the first week of doing any real promotionary type of work. So must have something good in it that that, that many people are, have already picked up and started reading about it. But then, as I said before there, Fred, I'm a rather blunt and to the point type of person. Not quite as blunt as Don. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably look politically correct compared to Don, though. <laughs> 
Well, well, knowing you, I'm sure it'll 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 be a great read. It'll be candid, and if you're somebody that like me, that's a huge pro wrestling and MMA fan, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's gonna have a lot of uh, cool, juicy information, and a lot, I'm I'm sure too a lot of some history because you were part of history. Like I said, Triple Crown champion, two-time NWA champion. I mean, you were there when this thing was growing and and just just starting, my friend. I mean, it's trans story. I am, I, you know, I, I I hate to say this because I'm so so bold of bold and arrogant, but you know that's <laughs> obviously I am. I am walking history. Fred, let's, let's look at a timeline alone. I started my amateur wrestling career in 1969. By 1971, I was teaching amateur wrestling. By 1972, I won my very first national title. By 1976, I'm the, very, I'm the number one uh, recruit in the United States at my weight class. Let's just jump. Okay, that's by 1976. Let's just jump two decades later. By 1996, I'm the number one cage fighter in the world. Let's just jump ahead of another quick decade. Okay, let's go into, into like, okay, no, two, actually, no, two decades. 2016, I come out of retirement to do one more match. I've already gone over four decades already. I legitimately have over 100 states national and or international titles and or records there's not another human being that's close to what i've done and i'm still alive and i'm not done yet if that's and not I'm a... life and i'm lifetime chemical free out of the first three guys inducted into the ufc hall of fame only one of us has never tested positive. You want to go out on a limb there, Fred, and guess which one that was? <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, a friend. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm rubbing reality in some people's face. You may or may not like the book because I'm keeping it, I'm keeping it real. A lot of people want to keep it real. I don't think they, they're ready for real. I would love one more match with those two guys. Only those two guys. I have no other... Axe to grind with anyone else. I wouldn't even have an axe to grind with them, but if you want to open their mouth, put up or shut up. Man, Dan, if if that wasn't the best sales pitch I've ever heard for an autobiography, I don't know what is. Well, it's it's not. I mean, it's. it's, I I mean, Fred, I've been competing over 40 some years. Hey, but if you look, okay, but just just talk about the MMA portion alone. See, if you look at me, you'll, you'll, you'll see that, why aren't my ears all cauliflowered up? Why isn't my nose broken, twisted around? Why aren't I, I you know, I have this, the, the summer teeth type of look to you right now? Because I didn't get hit. Or I, I minimized the number. I can speak in a full sentence here to you. There's a number of people, my contemporaries, that are nowhere near my age, that you would not be able to have the same type of conversation to. Here, okay, you, you like the, my, my pitch on that one? Here, here's the other pitch. There's only four people in the world that have over 100 cage fights. I'm one of the four. There's only three in the world that have over 100 victories. I'm one of the three. Now, the ironic part is I faced the other three. I defeated the other three. And the closest one to my age is 15 years my junior. Once again, puts me in a category all by myself. I was WWF's 
oldest rookie ever at 48 years of age. Vince was shocked when I'm in, in the office there talking with him and Jim Ross. And then and there's a conversation. He says, he looks at me kind of uh, surprised, like, well, how old are you? And, and then uh, I tell him, and, and he looks over at Jim Ross and goes, well, who's the oldest rookie we've ever had? And then Jim Ross points right back at me and goes, there it is. But I don't look my age, nor do I act my age. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> Man, what what a career, Dan. What a career. Well, we really do appreciate the time. For more information, you can follow Dan Severin online. You get the realest guy in the room, the life and times of Dan Severin. 